if trees are clever and that after all is the premise we've been making for the past few weeks then we're in a veritable university the Oxford or the Cambridge of the tree world we've come to the National Arboretum at Westonbert in Gloucestershire and there are three of us here with our necks craned skywards and our ears tuned to the rustling a very particular rustling the rustling of aspen trees like no other tree in the collection and with Simon Toomer who's the curator and uh, Angela Russell-Taylor I stress the word Russell there because the rustling is, is marvellous. Aspens like no other tree because they can, they can flap their leaves. They can almost wave at us, Simon. Yeah, in fact, the, uh, the Latin name for aspen, or the scientific name for aspens, is populus tremula. The tremula bit meaning that uh, the leaves tremble, and that's exactly what they're doing above us now. And it's not terribly windy up there in the canopy, is it? So they're, they're, they're rustling more than you would expect with the, the, the wind, perhaps one or two, on the Beaufort scale. That's right, they're, they're really designed to tremble even in the lightest of breeze, and you can see them just gently flapping away there, even when you can hardly feel the wind at all. And some of the other trees around, Angela, not moving much no, at all? No, it, well, you, you call them trembling. Um, Tennyson said they quivered. Willows, white and aspens quiver. Little breezes dusk and shiver. So he obviously knew that it only took a little tiny breeze to make them do what they do. It's a little bit like water washing down, back down, sucking yes. back down a sort of shingly beach. Light shingly beach. Not yes. too big a pebbles, no, but not frightening. Just very, yeah. very calming and relaxing. And I think that's what people find here. That whether they realise that's what's happening to them, I know that they come in here into Western Bert and they um, have a, they get a great sense of peace, and it really does something for them. I know. There must be a reason for it. It isn't simply flapping or shaking for our own satisfaction, our own edification, is it? No, it'd be nice to think it was, but um, all trees have evolved in different environments and it, we, we, I think we can be sure that um, aspens have evolved. I mean, that, that, that uh, shaking of the leaves has a real purpose. We know that these, the, the leaf stalk, or petiole as we call it, is flattened so that the leaves do shake. And it's thought to be, uh, the function of it is thought to be to keep, them, keep themselves cool. Um, I always liken it to if you go wash your hands and you haven't got a towel, what do you do? You shake your hands and uh, not only does it dry them, they feel cool. And I'm sure that that's what um, aspen trees are doing. We, we know, for example, that they are trees, the kind of trees that ecologists often refer to as pioneer species. Uh, they're adapted to growing on open ground. Um, we know that they were one of the first trees that colonised the British Isles about 9,000 years ago as the glaciers receded after the last ice age. So they would have been growing on these open sites. And you say that the stalk, the, the petiole, is, is, is flattened. So what is that effectively acting as a, as a kind of aerofoil that uh, as a gentle breeze moves over it, it, it trembles one way and then the other? Like almost as if you, as a kid you remember putting your hand out of Dad's car window and your hand would sort of flat wildly up and down in the, in, in the slipstream, wouldn't it? That's it, exactly. It allows the, 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 the leaf to move backwards and forwards in one plane but not the other so easily. So for some reason, I mean, I don't know if anyone understands the physics of it precisely, but uh, it must be the best way to do it because it's been at the, the cutting edge of evolution for millions of years and that's, that's, the, that's the solution it's come up with. So. Any other reasons it might be doing that? Well, there are various other theories. One is that, uh, in actual fact, with the leaf moving around, it makes it much less easy for insects that might want to land on the leaf and eat them from getting there. But uh, I must say I find that, that argument a little bit less convincing. But who knows? 
you'll be able to tell me precisely how tall these are. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless at estimating heights, but what do you reckon? They're about uh, 24 metres. How about that as a guess? In old money, that's about... 80 feet. 80 feet, something, yeah. like, something that. like that. 70 or 80 feet. But they are very fast-growing, but not long-lived. Again, I think that probably goes back to their ecological uh, basis of being pioneer species. They can't muck about. They've got to grow quickly, seed, uh, just like birch, something like that. Here comes another wave Beautiful, up the beach. It's cleansing. It's Sucking back down again. Yeah. We're all sort of stand, standing know, yeah. here with our necks uh, yeah. cricked. We shall ache tomorrow, but... It's, it's, um, it's captivating. It's almost hypnotic, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. The leaves are too high for uh, us to reach. It's the wrong time of the year for them to be falling to the ground in, in, in drifts. But is there any chance that there might be a little sapling or something around here that we could see the leaf close up, see the mechanism by which it... Let's have a look. Um, trembles. Usually where you find adult aspens, you get quite a few young ones all over the place around them. And here we are. Here's a few here. About three feet high, this one. Let's take this leaf off. Sorry, old girl. It's got to go. Or young girl, I should say. Here you How can, can you tell? <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> you can see it's almost circular with a teeth, small teeth all the way round. But we were talking about this flattened leaf stalk. If you put it between your fingers and roll it, you suddenly realise it's not round at all. I'll take that leaf Flats. rather than pulling another one off. Oh, how bizarre. Yeah, it will only stay in one... Mm. It won't roll at all. Yeah. And it's flattened sideways so that the leaf can move backwards and forwards but not up and down. So that, that's obviously, over millions of years, that's evolved as the optimum design for a flapping leaf. And in fact, another theory for the reason for the, for the movement of the leaves is that by moving sideways, it actually allows more light penetration to the leaves below, so a more efficient use of the available light over the crown as a, as a whole. The top leaves aren't shading completely the ones beneath. Exactly, yep. yeah. Again, I don't know, uh, you know whether that's uh, Sounds the correct theory, but it's another interesting theory. Yeah. And they're very long, aren't they, the petioles? Or yes, that's yes. right. Your theory about insect damage, I think, or whoever's theory it is, I know you're, you're fairly yeah. sceptical, is probably not right because this one has been eaten. Fango's uh, another good theory. <laughs> <laughs> How long will this little thing here, male or female, take to reach the height of uh, mum and dad? Probably only about uh, 20 years, given, given a you know, fair... Uh, if it doesn't get mown by the grass cutters and eaten by something and squashed and... You know, all the normal trials of life, then probably only about 20-odd years. But even at this height, and even with these leaves, which are sort of no more than, I guess, three or four thumbnails uh, in area, th these are flapping quite nicely, aren't they? So they learn to do it from a young age. They do, very precocious. <laughs> <laughs> this whole business of anthropomorphizing the characteristics of, of trees is, is rather dopey and... <laughs> soppy on the one hand, but quite understandable. Oh, you know, we're not the only people doing it. Yes, it can be a bit dopey and a bit ethereal, but I do think that a lot of people gain spiritual um, rewards from coming here. It's almost like, um, if you like, a cathedral. It's like going to church, and you don't have somebody shouting a sermon at you. You can take 
what you want from it. You can have your own thoughts and you go away always feeling refreshed. You come in here in a filthy temper and I guarantee you go out feeling a little bit more sorted out. Well, here we are again. This is another uh, particularly interesting tree in the collection. This is one known as the Pyrenean oak. It comes from the mountains of southern Europe, the Alps in particular. I always think this is an interesting one because it's just about the last oak we have to come into leaf. It's, you can see now the leaves aren't fully formed even now in, uh, in the middle of June. And it does this to avoid the, the late frosts that you sometimes get in those parts of the world, which would otherwise damage the leaves. Clever move. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, again, you know, it's evolved over a long time and it's found the, the best solution to the environmental challenges it lives in. The leaves uh, are limp on this bit here and, and, and quite sort of uh, limey, sort of almost a sort of a, a dusty green colour. Now, closer to us, closer to ground level on the trunk here, the leaves are much darker green and more like an English oak. So what's going on here? Two different leaves on one tree. Yeah, in fact, we've actually got two... Two trees in one here. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a plant that was, that was probably planted in about the 1870s. Um, it would have been quite a novel plant at that time, the Pyrenean oak. And it's actually a graft. So if you look about uh, two metres above the ground, you can see a distinct line between where the Pyrenean oak leaves are above it. and the, uh, the Slight swelling, like, a, right. like a knee almost, yeah. isn't it? And the English oak leaves below it. And it's been, it's been grafted on. And the reason they did that, the plant, the plant collectors at that time, was because they didn't have many Pyrenean oaks. And to get more of them, they would graft a number of branches onto common rootstocks. That's what we call the rootstock, the bit at the bottom, to, to, to be able to multiply the number they got very quickly. We've talked about how the sound changes as you walk just a short distance through the trees here at Weston Burt. But... It's worth mentioning also that the quality of the light changes. We've just come into a, a big patch of sunshine and a little bit of head will be going into a dappled bit of, of, of sort of semi-shade and then we'll go into some deep shade. And, and as that changes, so the temperature changes, yeah. the smell changes. It's you change, you feel different, you know, sometimes you can come in here. That People come in here on the most awful days and you, it's perfect. People sometimes ask, you know, when's the best time to come to Western Bert? Obviously it's the autumn. Well, not obviously at all. Even in the winter on the greyest day, there's always something beautiful to see because the trees do different things. They're uplifting, aren't they? They're uplifting and, and they need to do certain things and they carry on doing them whether we're there or not. And it's up to us to notice this and learn about them and enjoy them. Well, we're now standing uh, in front of a a little group of young trees, these ones, and these are the, the Katsura trees. They go by the name of Sacidophyllum magnificum, or Japonicum. Um, it's also known as the, the candy floss tree, which is quite nice. Um, the reason for that is as, as the leaves break down in the autumn, not only do they turn a fantastic autumn colour, they also give off this amazing mouth-watering smell of caramel, burnt sugar, which I always think anyway is like candy floss. It's absolutely stunning. You're walking along and you don't know where it's coming from. It's like sticky toffee pudding or something like that. It's that powerful. Everyone thinks it smells different, but it's, yes, they, it's sorry, on, the, yeah. on, on, the, on the same theme. I mean, yes. everyone's, it's something, <laughs> it's something it's sweet sugar. Stick it, it's <laughs> really <laughs> caramel, <laughs> creme brulee or something like that. It depends what your yeah. favourite childhood yes. dessert was, yes. I think. And the colours are out of this world because each, there, I think there are five and each one is a different shade in autumn, and they, it just takes your breath away. There's 
a sort of gold, pink, orange, peach, red. And if we just pause to listen here, the, the sounds are very different. We're away from the aspens. Every tree has its own signature tune. Here we're hearing beech trees now again, beech trees rustling and also perhaps uh, there's some, uh, some incense cedars behind us which are just moving gently, perhaps they are contributing too to the, the overall sound. These ones here? Yeah, the, the tall narrow what we call columnar trees, they're like uh, great big columns stretching into the sky. They're like big pencils don't they? They are in fact, uh, strange you should say that. Go on. Um, Although they're called incense cedars for the, the smell of the, the wood when it's burnt, they, they are actually now the main tree uh, for producing pencils. I think something like 70% of the world's pencils are made with, with uh, incense cedar. And, and in fact, in, in Oregon or North, uh, Western North America, they're grown in plantations for that purpose. Mm. We're in a tree university and we have pencils as well. I mean, we have everything we need. We Candy do. floss, toffee apple, call we it what do. you will. Yeah. All of our needs are taken care of, aren't they? That's how damn smart these trees are. Yeah, I'm sure the list of, of, of things that we owe to trees is uh, absolutely huge, even, even in temperate areas, and uh, that's without thinking about coffee and tea and all the, the more tropical uh, things that we use trees for. Couldn't do without them. No, if one of our, one of our uh, catchphrases here is trees essential to all life, and that's the one we use. Thank you, Simon, for that uh, wise word at the You're end. <laughs> and thank you to Angela and thank you to the trees because they have been magnificent throughout this series. Uh, without them, it wouldn't have been possible.